0: Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 26. God speaking to the nation of Israel and it says, I will make them and the places all around my hills a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. And there shall be showers of blessings. I come this morning to talk about the cloudburst of blessing 2.0. Because I had preached this before. But this is the better rendition of it today. Upgraded fresh revelation. Father, speak to us clearly. Let us understand, O oh Lord, the necessity of the blessing of heaven upon your people during this season on the earth. And I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. And the church shouted. I said the church shouted. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Great job today. Let's let our praise team and band know we love them. Thank them for the price they pay to carry us into the glory and the presence of the Lord. So, the context of the scripture I just shared with you is... Specifically applied to Israel. But it states a divine principle. Which I believe that believers of all times have the right to appropriate. So I want to just take a few minutes and try to paint us a picture. Of what the promise of God is to his children. Just to understand the magnificence of this promise, we have to understand this word showers. It says here, I will make them a place, I will will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing and I will cause showers to come in their season." and there will be showers of blessings. This word showers here is the Hebrew word "ageshem," and it means to rain violently. It means a heavy downpour. So this isn't like a spring shower coming through to help the Mayflower grow. This is a violent storm, a violent storm. He said he will make showers. He will make violent storms. So this is what I want you to get. First of all, to lay the foundation of where we're headed this morning is that God wants to bless you violently. Yeah. When you talk about violent rain, you understand it's the same word that was used when Elijah prophesied there. He said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. He was saying, I hear the sound of a violent rain. I hear the sound of a violent storm. It's coming in the spirit realm. And I want you to know today, I have come with my spirit, filled with the sound of God wanting to bless his people violently. This violent rain is the rain that was poured from the windows of heaven. Malachi 3.10 see if i will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing such a violent blessing such a violent rainstorm that there will not be enough room for you to receive it the rain just keeps coming the rain keeps coming the rain keeps coming heaven is open the windows and god is pouring out the first mention of this word geshem is found in, in, in genesis chapter 7 verse 12 and it said he he and, and the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. The rain, the rain, the Geshem. This, this, this rain, these drops were heavy with blessing. What came to my mind when I began to study this was a cloudburst. But the blessing of the Lord is a cloudburst you see a cloudburst is defined as an unexpected violent downpour in the short span of time it comes quickly this is why it is so powerful it's why it is so violent for a cloudburst to form warm air and cool air are required the cold and the hot you see when the the, the air current rushes upward into the storm cloud it saturates the cloud uh, many times and is prevented from raining. Therefore, the size of the raindrops increase and new drops begin to form. A cloud burst is a cloud that has been saturated with the rain of heaven. And the raindrops become heavier until the weight can no longer be contained by the cloud itself. This is important. First, go ahead and put that pic up there of a cloudburst. You got that back there? There you go. Because I want you to get a visual of what I'm talking about. This is a cloudburst. This is actually a cloudburst that came over Phoenix. I believe it was like 1916, something like that. So this is an actual cloudburst. The heavens opened. And the rain was poured out; it could not be contained, and it was released quickly and violently upon our city. See, what I want you to understand is this: is that you see, for something to be called a cloud burst, it has to it has to at least have four inches of rain in one hour, and it can suddenly drop seventy-two thousand tons of rain over one square mile. This this is massive say i want you to get an understanding where i'm going today when i talk about showers of blessings please get this in your mind please understand it is something that comes with such force that ain't nothing in the earth can stop it so now that you have a vision a vision of a cloudburst a blessing and a revelation of what god wants to pour out upon us I, i want to talk about blessings for a few minutes I'm going to talk about blessings for a few minutes. I'm going to talk about Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You see, as a child of God, there there are two kinds of blessings. There is what we call the primary blessing and the secondary blessing. The primary blessing is spiritual. Paul here is talking about the fact that, that we as the children of God have already been blessed already. He's talking about us who have, who has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. This word blessing here in Ephesians 1.3 literally means, Kate, is, is taken from the word eulogy eulogy and so it means to speak well of someone so what we see here then is this god is acting the acting one in the text that it can say then that god has spoken good things about us so everyone in christ look at me everyone in christ god has spoken good things about you in other words, God has eulogized. God has blessed you. He said good things. He has pronounced good things for our benefit. Even beyond what's in Ephesians 3. Or Ephesians 1, 3 all throughout ephesians and all throughout the bible god has many benefits many blessings but paul's revelation was that these spiritual blessings were not just nice ideas but they were spiritual realities and they were connected with real blessings one commentator said about Ezekiel 34, 26, he said, blessings in great abundance, all sorts of them, temporal and spiritual and earthly and in heavenly visions are heavenly blessings. Romans 15, 29, Paul says this, but I know when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessings. I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. That phrase, fullness of the blessing, watch me. It means greatest level and highest degree. Paul said when I come to you I will come and I prayed that when I come that the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ every blessing that you get from being in Christ Jesus will come to you at the greatest level and at the highest degree and as your pastor today and an apostolic father over this house I pray and I stand and decree may the greatest level and the highest degree of the blessings of the gospel of Christ come to you somebody shall yes, yes. Wow. I was talking about unlocking supernatural blessings spiritual blessings spiritual blessings I mean, I, if I began today we could go on and on and on and on Paul's revelation was though that that he had already received them and that he refused to live without them He understood that we have all of these blessings. They must be appropriated by faith through obedience out of worship. Spiritual blessings. Paul said these blessings existed for every child of God, even before you were born. I don't have time to deal with all that. We just, just, just in the immediate context of Ephesians One and three, he talks about the fact that we have been chosen. Chosen before the foundations of the world. We matter to God. We're not just here. Never tell your kid they're an accident. Because there ain't no accidents. No matter where, how you were birthed in this earth, it doesn't matter. God already knew you were coming, and he already chose you, and he has a plan for you, and he has blessings waiting on you. Uh, Paul goes on and said, you've been adopted and you've been accepted. What does that all mean? That means we're not rejected. And though the enemy would like to think God rejects us, he does not. We are already adopted. We are accepted. We're not an outcast. We are not unworthy of the approval of God through Christ. We stand worthy and we are accepted. We've been redeemed, Paul says. Through it, we've been given the forgiveness of our sins. We've been bought out. We've been bought with a price. We've been bought out of prison. We are redeemed. Sin demanded a price. And God said, I'll pay it. And through Christ, he paid it. And Paul said, with all that and many others. And he said, the riches of his grace are moving towards you. What does all that mean? That means that God, this God, this God of grace, this unmerited favor, is, is it not only does God have grace for us and toward us, but it is in abundance, and it is like a flowing river that cannot be stopped. Oh, if we can see the blessings of the Lord. See, the root of every spiritual blessing I'm taking time to do this. So I will not be misunderstood that the root of every spiritual blessing lies in the spiritual realm. The person who is rich in the spirit will produce fruit that results in natural blessings. See, every spiritual blessing comes from God in Christ by the Holy Spirit. Just a few things I've mentioned, they come to us by revelation through the Holy Spirit. And one aspect of revival that many people miss is that when a revivalist comes into the revelation of their identity in Christ, they won't settle until they're living in that reality this is what makes you different than everybody else some people no 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 most people will shout about spiritual blessings but live without it but a revivalist says if it's mine I refuse to live without it if it's mine I'm gonna take hold of it in Christ Jesus I refuse to live my life with When you talk about something being spiritual, you're talking about the fact that it has the properties and the characteristics belonging to the Holy Spirit. Spiritual blessings. Somebody shout spiritual. Spiritual. No, I said shout it spiritual. Spiritual. And so there are spiritual blessings. That's, that's, That's primary blessings. And then there are earthly blessings. Secondary. Unfortunately, many many of us have it flip-flopped. We pursue the earthly while the spiritual lives. Our Bible says in 2 Corinthians, I'm gonna give you a lot of scripture today. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9:8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I love, I love the, the, I believe it's the Amplified Bible translation if you're here for the word grace. And God, shall, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. In, in, in the um, Amplified Bible, it says the sum of all earthly blessings. So God is able to make the sum of all earthly blessings abound towards you. So we see here, then we understand Paul here is not talking about spiritual blessings. Paul here, when he uses the term grace, is talking about earthly blessings, natural blessings. And so, so this is important for us to understand that, that God's favor, his earthly blessings it is moving toward us. In other words, it's moving toward us. We are targeted to be blessed. No, 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 no. You're targeted to be blessed. Why why are you struggling with that spirit of religion? You know why you're targeted for blessing? Because when he looks at you, he sees his son, Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, he wants to pour all blessings out upon Jesus. I just get caught in the middle of the blessing. See, spiritual pursuit. Now, this is important to where I'm going today. Spiritual pursuit Creates in us the capacity To handle earthly blessings I'm, I'm going to say that again Spiritual pursuit Creates in us the capacity to handle Earthly blessings They're moving toward us They're abounding toward us God is releasing them toward us My pursuit My, my position as a true authentic revivalist, creates in me or should create in me the capacity to handle earthly blessings. Watch, Luke 16, 11. I told you, I'm gonna give you a lot of scripture. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? If you can't handle a $20 bill, Why should he load you up with the greatest riches of heaven? If you ain't got enough sense to know what to do with a $20 bill. But my spiritual pursuit declares that I have a capacity to know when God puts money in my hands that I understand that money's got a mandate and a mission stamped all over it it's not for me it's that God wants to move it through me watch this Matthew 5:3. blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven now I think if you've been around here very long at all you understand we've, we've talked this enough you understand that the most valuable things in life cannot be purchased with money. That's why there's multiple billionaires that lived empty, hollow lives. They can buy anything and everything, but they can't buy what's most important. You can't buy a relationship with God. It's not for sale. You can't buy the joy of family and friends. Money just can't buy the most valuable things. The scripture I just read to you many times I believe is misinterpreted and it's used by the religious. Because some propose that Jesus here is speaking of financial poverty. And that Jesus advocated being poor so that being rich did not harm your relationship with God. I submit to you that is a misinterpretation of the text. I submit to you that the text here is talking about spiritual desperation, not financial blessing. It's talking about the fact that you have to be utterly spiritually bankrupt. That when you are utterly spiritually bankrupt, then you shall, you shall see the kingdom of God, the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Where are my blessings? Heavenly places. I, I'm just trying to help somebody out that, that, we, that we need to understand. Go to, go to 2 Timothy. No, 1 Timothy. Verse six, or chapter six. Not chapter six. Yeah, chapter six six, first Timothy, that's it. Just stay with the preacher, he's struggling. Maybe I'm the one that's confused, I don't know. <laughs> okay, are y'all ready for this? But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And in the many foolishness and harmful lusts, withdraw men into destruction and perdition. Now go over to verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in works, ready to give, willing to share Storing up for themselves good foundations for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. Now, I don't have time to work all of this out right here, but this is what I want you to understand. It's okay to want to be rich, don't make that your goal in life. That should not be your primary goal. So, it's okay to want to be rich. But you got to know the difference and being rich and being enriched. We don't want to be rich so we can just use our money for anything and everything. We want to understand we want to be enriched by what God puts in our life. So we will use it to be a blessing to the world around us. The spirit of poverty is a strategic stronghold to keep the church broke, busted, and disgusted. I just, it, it takes no faith to be in lack. It takes no faith to be broke. It, it, it's really selfish for us to settle for just having enough for me, myself, and my three. But we have to understand that we have been given a capacity to walk under a blessing spiritually and earthly that we might be a blessing to those around us. And especially to the kingdom of God and moving the kingdom forward. Somebody say yes. I'm trying to move. I hope, I, hope, I hope you're getting this because you see. You can't be used in the supernatural with a poverty spirit. Why? Because you can't be trusted to handle true riches. The very thing that keeps you from giving an offering keeps you from yanking somebody out of a wheelchair. You think you're going to see the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and you, all you can do is get that $20 bill and it's squeaking when it comes out of your hand. I can preach like this because I don't need your money and I'm not after your money and I'm not looking for your money today. I'm looking for some revivalists that understand the context of the times in which we live demands that God has some people that know what to do with money. Ah, oh, My Bible says in Proverbs 10, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. You can be rich and not be screwed up. But you got to be tight with God because if you're not tight with God, money will mess you up. Because you'll think it's about you. That's why people got money get weird, man. They're a lot like trying to control the world. I'm going to control the world. I'm going to give everybody a shot. Did I I just say that? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. That was one of them. That was supposed to go through. I don't know. They're weird are just weird why can't we use it to help people and bless people so 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 with all that said I gotta hurry let me just say this and then I'll see if I can get to the end of this thing see if I if I were the devil one of the things I would do is I would infiltrate the church with a teaching that challenges the truth about tithing and offerings. That's what I'd do. That way so people get confused. And when they go to the church that preaches truth, they get all bent sideways. Because they said, no, you're not preaching truth because tithing is not in the New Testament. Tithing is under the law. Well, no, it isn't. Tithing is not under the law because tithing came before the law. 460 years before the law. You can't be under something that wasn't even created yet. We know this and I don't have time to go to the scriptures they're all up there but in Genesis 14 18 through 20 we know this this is where Abraham ha- had an encounter with uh the the high priest after he had gained the, the the fruits of battle and he was bringing the tithe to mechizedek and he brought the tithe to mechizedek and when he did this this is this is the first mission of the word tithe therefore it wasn't under law Abraham didn't have to do it Abraham did it out of faith and love for the the blessing of God. And he came in and said, I've got to take this to the high priest. So if I was the devil, I'd get that all. I'd make sure that got messed up good. Why? Because if you can stop the tithe, you can stop the blessing. The people won't be blessed and the church won't be blessed. By the way, I tithe. I'm not one of those preachers that ask everybody the tide and then i take that i don't do that i don't touch the stuff i don't even see it i don't touch it they only come tell me what it was i have no i i, I don't touch it i don't know who gives and who doesn't gives i don't know that why don't you know that because i don't want to know that because i want to be able to stand this and preach like this unless you know i don't know if you if you say i'm not tired there are pastor's preaching to me today i didn't know that Holy Ghost may know that. It's none of my business. It uh, it has no effect on my life whatsoever what you do with your tithe. It does everything to your life. It means everything. What happens in the first fruits offering next week? It has no bearing upon my life whatsoever. I don't get one dime of it. It's not mine. It's the Lord's. I do need to read this one Deuteronomy 26 I need to read this and it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you shall possess it or you possess it and dwell in or oh, watch this this is Moses telling the children of Israel what to do with their tithes and their offerings verse 2 that you shall take some of the fruit of all the produce of the ground which is it shall bring from the land and the Lord your God is giving you and you shall put it in a basket and you shall go to the place the place your church where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide and you shall go to the one who is the priest in those days in those days Abraham went to Mechizedek because he was the high priest in those days And say to him, I declare today to the Lord, your God, that I have come to you to to, have come to the country, which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of the hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord, your God. Go ahead and drop down to verse eight. That's later down at the end of the the, uh, PowerPoint. And so the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. And with terror, with signs and wonders, and He has brought us to this place, and He has given us the land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now, somebody shall now. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. And then, the and then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice in every good thing. Everybody shout good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house and you and the Levites and the strangers who are among you. This, this is what I want you to see. So God begins to explain to the children of Israel uh, what what to do or what, uh, what to do with their tithe. He's explaining to them what to do with their first fruits. And he's telling them that you need to take it to the one who is the priest in your days. Well, I don't have time. I was going to break it all down, but let me just say it like this. This is what we have to understand today. Your high priest is Jesus. I ain't got time to take you on a scripture trail, but I can show you through the book of the book of Hebrews where Jesus is our high priest. And so I just want you to know when you bring your tithe here in a minute and next week when you bring your tithe and your first fruits, you ain't bringing them to no man. You're bringing them to your high priest who is high priest in the order of Melchizedek. It's mentioned seven times about Jesus being the priest in the order of Melchizedek in just Hebrews, Hebrews 5, 6, and 10, Hebrews 6, 20, Hebrews 7, 11, 15, 17, and 21. All of them speak of Jesus according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was not under law. Therefore, we are not under law. We give out a grace if you want to know what Jesus is doing part of what Jesus is doing today as high priest according to Hebrews 7 is he is receiving our tithes and offerings and releasing the blessing he receives the tithe he receives the offering and he releases the blessing You give here, but he receives it there. Get a vision, get a revelation when you drop your money in that bucket. It may be going in the bucket right here, but it's going before the altar of God. It's a holy thing. It's a pure thing. Good news, because I can take it and I can't do anything with it. He can take it and bless it. Are y'all with me? You see, the spirit of the Antichrist wants the church to operate under a cursed financial world system. He is working real hard to break the covenant of the tithe and the offering between God and the believer and bring us into a cursed financial system. Because if he can do that, he weakens the church. Are y'all hearing me? You lose your blessing and the church loses its blessing all this stuff that's gonna be hitting our economy real soon that's what it's about and this is important in the in the time in which we live our giving is more important I believe than it ever has been before the father because if you get up under a cursed financial system then you you can only live of what that system says you can have but if you live under a kingdom blessed system There is no limit. God has the capacity. If he can get his people in alignment with giving, God has the capacity to make sure every church has what it needs to fulfill their mandate of revival and awakening to the nations. Are y'all with me? I'm going to see if I can come close this up. Charles Finney, who is known as the father of revivalism, was the main leader of the second great awakening, was a great revivalist. Saw moves of God. Saw going to cities and bars shut down and theaters shut down and almost every type of natural, earthly entertainment closed down. It was such a move of God in those cities, he would go in. He preached with such fire and power. Saw miracles, signs, and wonders. One historian said that he unleashed a mighty impulse of social reform by insisting that new converts make their lives count for the kingdom of God. Himself wasn't just a revivalist, but he was a reformist like we heard about last week. He stood against slavery, racism, women's right, child labor, and education. He fought for them all. This is why he ushered in an awakening. But he made a statement. To those that were following with him. And fighting the good fight of faith. He said. While at the same time. As they were seeing reformation. Come to the nation. He said. Do not allow. Your reform efforts. To replace revivalism. You see, he was first and foremost a revivalist because he understand that a Reformation without revivalism is humanism. Man trying to become God to solve man's problems. But revivalists are those that carry the weight and the wisdom and the understanding and the power and the fervency of God into places where there needs to be social reform. I don't want to bring this together. Just hold on with me. And they're going to bring. And then they come, and then the revival within them. They become revivalists, or they begin to manifest what is called revivalism. Revivalism and increase of spiritual fervor in a local church with global effect. In other words, where there is true revival that gives birth to revival less those revival less will go to the seven mountains we heard about last week and they will bring down those principalities and powers they will rise to those places of influence and they should and one of those is the financial mountain I just want to break religion off you and say don't be afraid of the blessing of the Lord okay I said all of that to bring us to this. Finney, this, this father of revivalism, wrote a book many years ago. It's a powerful book. And it's called Lectures of Revival. Because he, 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 he opened up a college in his late, later years so that he could produce revivalists and reformists. And one of the chapters on his lectures of revival was called hindrances to revival. Probably going to have to preach this sometime. There's 14 of them. I'm going to give you one. And I can not give you the whole thing, so I kind of pieced it together, but watch this. You get the point. Number 10, hindrances to revival. Oh, by the way, one of my favorite ones is that you stop breaking down the people of God. I'm just saying. He said they need to be broken down about every three weeks. Break us down. Build us up. That's what separates revivalists from whatever. Okay. Are y'all ready for this? All right, here we go. Charles Finney. When Christians refuse to render to the Lord according to the benefits received, god has opened up the windows of heaven to a church and has poured out a blessing and then he reasonably expects them to bring into the storehouse below they refused so the spirit has been grieved and the blessing withdrawn in such instances a great rejection has taken place because the church would not be liberal when God has been so bountiful, I have known churches who were evidently cursed with barrenness for such a course. So, for their stingy spirit, God gave them up. You see, I just want to come have a revival. Not only do we pay the price in spiritual pursuit, but we must also be willing to pay the price of financial responsibility. It seems a little awkward for me to stand up here and preach like this because this house is so blessed. I stand up here this morning and we lack nothing nor need nothing because God has blessed this house. There is a faithfulness in this house. There's a generosity in this house. But I have to let you know the enemy is sneaky. And if there's one thing that he wants to do is he will, he will come and try to steal the financial harvest that God has promised over this house and God has promised over your house. The reason I'm reading all of that to you and talking about all of that is I want you to understand one last thing. And that is this, that, one, and, and, and that, is this, that first fruits is an activating force. There's showers of blessing waiting upon us this year. I said there's showers of blessings waiting on us this year. But but next week, I want you to come up in here not with some raggedy, not thought about, prayed into offering. I want you to pray, and I want you to seek God, and I simply ask you to obey him. If he tells you to give a dollar, give it with praise, give it with worship, and give it out of honor and a sacrifice. If he tells you to give $100,000, come up in here with a praise in your mouth come up in here with glory on your lips come up in here understanding it's not about how much it's about that i hear and i obey and i can't wait to get here next week and bring my first fruits why because it's getting ready to activate the blessing okay let me let me say this i had i brought way too much I am I'm there. Psalm 65:11 King James version. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness and that drops fatness. New King James version. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. New Living Translation you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even hard places overflow with abundance. That's my favorite one. The NIV, you crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. You see, here's the, here, here, here's the deal. I have to say this because this is what we're activating. We're giving. Our first fruits to activate the greater blessing for the rest of the year. Here's the deal. Wherever God goes, he spills an abundance in the path. Revivalist, you can't go wrong pursuing God. Because wherever he goes. The picture here, literal picture, is a farmer with a cart. Just loaded down and overflowing with harvest. On his way to the barn, he hits bumps, hard places, rests, and every time, blessing falls off. You know where the blessing is? It's in following God. What, did, what, 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 what they tell Boaz for what was it leave stuff on the edges leave the harvest on the edges handfuls on purpose leave stuff out there for people I just want you to know if you'll follow his path not yours You can follow your path until you're you're blue in the face and you're not going to get one thing from God. But if you can follow his path, his path is loaded down. His path has provision. His path has prosperity. His path. I just come to tell you, wherever God goes, he spills an abundance. I, I, I'm believing that you we're getting ready to activate the blessing of God. Please understand, your future is on the heart of God. He thinks about you all the time. I don't even know how God does it, but he's God. And he has the capacity to think about everybody all the time, all the time, about what you, not, not necessarily where you've been, but he's thinking about where you're going. And I've come to, I've come to speak to a few people that have had tough years, tough years. The last few years have been tough, but I've come to tell you, don't Look at your past to plan your future. When you're praying about what you should give, don't look about well, this is the way it was last year. Look about what you're believing for in the coming year. Because in the eyes of God, we are somewhere and we are more blessed spiritually and earthly than we are right now. Because here's the deal. I have to let you know this. There are plenty of things that this year will throw at us. There will be hard places. There will be bumpy roads. They will challenge our spiritual blessing, and they will challenge our financial blessing. I'm trying to get you to break loose from a cursed world system that almost all of us have our faith in. So it will come. And when these bumps in the road come, they have come to take away our peace take away our joy, take away our health, take away our wealth, take away our protection, take away, it, there, there, there are many forms. that will come in tests and trials and tribulations. But th- this, this is what I want us to understand, that God already knows that and God's already planned for that. God already knows our needs and he's already planned for our needs. So every year, this is what I come to say, every year for a child of God should be a year crowned with the goodness of God you should start every year declaring this is the year this year is crowned with the goodness of God and the glory of God and so what does that mean his paths are dripping his paths are dripping with abundance and overflow what does that mean get ready to move get ready to move because what you what you what you want is isn't where you are but it's where you're going as you follow him somebody shout yes Get up on your feet and shout, "Yes So I was sitting in my office uh a couple weeks ago maybe, and I had a couple of Bibles sitting down in the well sitting in a chair in my office, just kind of trying to relax my back a little bit and so I had A Bible, two Bibles sitting there and a notebook, and I was just praying. And I opened, I opened, I think it was the New King James Version. I think it was this one. I just opened it. And it opened to Job 8 7. And it caught my attention. And and it's one of Job's friends prophesying to him. Y'all know his friends were they weren't very prophetic. They were pretty pathetic <laughs> but you know sometimes they get it sometimes they don't he got it and it said though your beginning was small your ladder will end with increase abundantly another translation says Though the years you've been living are insignificant, you will increase greatly. First, I thought, oh man, you mean, Lord, 38 years of ministry is insignificant? Because I was taking this as a word. But it ends up good because your end shall be greater and abundant and increased. And the Lord said, don't worry about that. He said, it's only insignificant compared to what I'm going to do in the end. I believe it's Ecclesiastes that talks about the end of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing. What a great time as we bring our first fruits offerings next week, and I need, you to, if you, I need you to come, I need you to have an envelope, I need you to write. If you can put the offering straight up in the envelope, that's great. If you're still going to give online, that's great. I want you to fill out the envelope, put your name on there, and put gave online and the amount. Why are we doing that? Because it says to bring it. you to bring it. Now, I'm not your high priest. We, we established that Jesus is the high priest. But I'm going to stand here as the apostolic father of the house with a basket in my hand. To receive your first fruits offering and then i'm going to release the prayer of the priest and release a blessing over you and i've come to declare that the end of 2022 will be better than the beginning you will find handfuls of provision handfuls of prosperity as you follow him when David made that statement that the Lord shall crown this year with goodness this this was not something he was hoping to experience this is something he had already seen it was a prophetic proclamation of he was going to experience that again She said, I don't know, Pastor, I got a lot of crazy stuff going on. I say, as we honor the Lord with the first fruits, that God's going to break some things free financially over your life. But even greater than that, spiritual blessings are going to be all hanging all over you. I'm saying that, but I kind of so I want us to come with a level of soberness. Not not, not sadness, but intentionality next week okay because it means something if it doesn't mean nothing you don't give it it doesn't matter to me except I want you to see the blessing of the Lord that matters to me but I have no control over that you do you've determined that already three things I ask you to do and I'm gonna you need to write them down if you have it you need to pray you need to prepare, and then you need to plant your seed. Next week, I'm, I, I, I'm gonna release a message on the blessings of the first fruits. You're gonna see that there's some things that you can expect, biblically, to be manifesting in your life when you honor the Lord with the first fruits. So I said, Lord, that we're a revival church, we really, this, this doesn't fit with our flow. It does. Because I really believe if there's anyone God wants to bless, He wants to bless those that understand the value of revival, touching the nations. So when we give next week, not only are we creating a blessing for ourselves and even for your church, but you're sowing into something for the nations. Hallelujah. I think this is a holy moment right here, right now. Something is happening. You know what? I'm, I, I, I'm not going to call you forward. I started to, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said no. But this is what I need to do right here. If you're not a tither... Look, you can't give a first fruits if you're not a tither. Tithing belongs to the Lord; it's his, it's tithe and offerings. First fruit is an offering. The word offering in the Hebrew literally means to draw near to God. That's because they had to bring offerings to draw near to God. Jesus was our offering. Now through Christ we come in grace and faith. We say, "What do I do? Repent." Servant leaders come. You say, How do I repent? Do you just say I'm sorry, I haven't been a tither? No. You can do that. You know how you repent is you give your tithe. You just start. Forget the past. Don't try to catch up unless God says catch up. Just start. Just do it. Do it today. Do it online. Get the stuff up there for the offer. I'm trying to help somebody get free today. I'm trying to help somebody position themselves to receive from the Lord. Now, look, if you're a first time, second time, third time guest, you're here. Look, this is about the only time ever that I talk about tithing offerings. Sometimes when we're giving it, we're receiving it, we'll say something. I'm not a money hungry after your money. I told you I don't touch it. I don't get it. But I do want to pastor a church full of blessed people. You say, what about the the broke people? I want to pastor them too. Matter of fact, I want to help them get blessed. Just because you're broke today don't mean you have to be broke your whole life. I've been broke before. I mean really broke, real broke. Not like, oh, I'm broke. I only have like $100 in the bank. I mean broke like I got no money in the bank. How did you get out of that? Just gave. It wasn't much, but I gave what I could give. For sure the tithe, if I could scrape together an offering, I brought it to the Lord. We did it. Week after week after week after week after week after week. And then just kind of one day like, wow, I'm blessed. You say, well, I'm just praying for God to send money. I don't want to mess you up, but God don't have no money. There's no money in heaven. The only way he can get money in heaven is is counterfeit money and God's not a counterfeit God's the creator so therefore he gives us the power to create wealth. stop waiting on the money go get a job start tithing and if all you can do is give ten dollars a week do what you can do how come you talk like that because I love you and I want to see you bless okay we're gonna receive an offering now and then after the offering you're gonna be dismissed amen I'll let my wife come up here and close us out in prayer so father I thank you this morning for your word that is true you are a blessing God and I don't care what religion says and Lord I, we understand we understand that everybody's gonna be millionaires and not everybody's gonna have everything but Lord we can walk underneath the blessing of the Lord we can have spiritual blessings and earthly blessings we can have our needs met And more than enough to bless somebody else, God. So I pray this morning, this revelation will go deep in our hearts. And next week, oh God, there will be an explosion of faith and worship as we honor you with our first fruits. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.